0: Hello, this is Matt Morone, the worship pastor here at Glen Ellen Bible Church. You're listening to the Next Level Podcast. Today, we're going to answer listener questions from Sunday, December 11th, 2022.
1: Hello, I'm John Vanderbilt, the executive pastor at Glen Ellen Bible Church.
2: Hi, I'm Simone Halpin, the executive director of Naomi's House.
3: And I'm Kelly Brady, and I serve as senior pastor here at Glen Ellen Bible Church. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Next Level Podcast.
0: Good morning. Good morning. morning. How are we doing?
2: I have a question. It just came to me. in this very moment. Yeah. Do you all have um, your Christmas shopping done? And, well, I guess I can't ask. Mm. What did you get them in case people listen? I've got
3: it done for the most part. Like 90%. Yes. I'd I'd say I'm 10% in. Okay.
2: (laughs) Okay.
1: It's a struggle. Low and steady. 30. I just want to know 30%. if you got your
2: wives their presents and, or if you exchange presents with your wives. Yes. Yeah. I feel yeah, like
1: yeah. this is a trap. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like you're friends with Carrie and like you're it's laying a, trap, a trap. trap or something. No, I'm just That's kidding.
2: That's not a trap. I was just curious.
1: Do we, you exchange gifts? We with do. Anthem?
2: We do. We always say we're not going to. Yeah. And then he like surprises me with something. So I'm on and to that. you have
1: to be ready. And, yes. Yeah.
2: And vice versa. So we do. We do.
1: We get each other gifts, but it varies from year to year, and you know. Do you have like, a game
2: plan going in? Like, hey, this is what I want. Uh, I, have, or...
1: I have already purchased a gift.
2: So out of that's the ten percent you have done.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, there's so many people. <laughs> you don't. Have, you, know, you can still have a few gifts and still be at ten percent. But it was something that she sent me and said, "Hey, if you're thinking about Christmas, this was a couple weeks ago." This would be something that I would really like. Which she doesn't do that very often.
2: Wait, that, but now she knows you did it?
1: So then, well, yeah, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I, I don't think it, she'll be surprised that I did it. <laughs> I don't think she's like, oh, good. Wow, you listened to me. So, but there'll be other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's sounds difficult. Like,
0: like Jennifer just told me a couple of days ago, like, you, you need to get us a list. Like, the boys want to <laughs> buy you something. I just... I want I want a, a $2,000 Les less Paul
1: Gibson electric guitar. Make that happen, boys. Well, that's the thing. Like, like, I would like get... to have that, but I, do, I don't. I know. I say, like, if if it's actually something I need, I just buy it. I I know, you right? Know? Like, and it, and I don't I, buy a lot of things. and
0: It's just difficult. Yeah. I don't know. Some I don't know socks. if that's a dad thing. My, my,
1: my socks are a little worn out. Yeah. I can give some socks. <laughs> Nothing exciting. Or, you know some upgraded components for my bike. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. I mean, I'd like what to have we... some new Jordans, but that feels excessive, you know? <laughs> right. It's like 200 <laughs>
0: bucks for shoes. Like, I just yeah. don't, I don't know what to do yeah. with it.
2: Okay, do you buy her things? Yeah. Totally. Okay. She's easier to buy for than yeah, you I are?
0: Th- yeah, I tol- yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, just curious. Have
1: you bought something for Anthony? Maybe. Mm. Hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> did you buy sherry's present already uh-huh yeah
2: wow. that's thoughtful you're head of the game
1: yeah why is he thoughtful and i'm like <gasps> a punk
2: she sent you a link and you <laughs> bought it and then you just told her you bought it where's the thoughtfulness in that
1: <laughs> it's very transactional Since you It's <laughs> very transactional they have a lot more kids in their house <laughs> than we do right now there will be other non-transactional oh, things okay. that will happen at christmas
2: oh, okay
0: do all, John, do all your kids buy for one another no, as well? No. They don't?
1: No. So we buy, like, we have, like, a system for each <laughs> <Okay>. kid. <laughs> like, we do that mean, tra- like how you're gonna... We do that tradition thing of uh, something you want, something you need, need. something yeah. you wear, something to read. Okay. We like started that. that when they were yeah. really little. Yeah. And then we've just stuck with it. As they've gotten older, you know, you kind of got to fudge the categories a little bit, like...
2: Something we think you need. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. You
1: know, and so, but that's really been the, so they'll like send us ideas. They'll send us like a, you know, share a note on their phone that says like, here's what I want. And and it'll be like, or what, Mm -hmm. what I'm interested in. And then we kind of sort through all that. And then we just figure out what they actually, what
2: works. Yeah. So Maddie and Eli made us PowerPoints this year that include oh. Oh. of the things they wanted oh. in priority. So all of the red slides were urgent. I, these are oh. the things I want. Yeah. Then like moved into yellow. These are some ideas. <laughs> hi, you know, High like I like these a lot, but not quite as much as the red. And yeah. then it went from there. And even like, here's a $10 gift. If grandma asks, and here's a oh, link. Oh, wow. Well Charlie thought was.
1: out. Yeah. Well thought
0: a out. A
2: little frightening,
0: a little excessive though. <laughs> a little <laughs> over the top. <laughs> well, last year they were like, we would like to, to, to make a PowerPoint, but we need a computer yeah. to, to do the PowerPoint. <laughs> right, right. So last year was a computer. Hey, right, right. It's a master oh, plan. Our kids, do the, our kids do the Amazon list yeah. and the, the, for the grandparents. Like, uh, and then the grand, we just invite the grandparents to the list, and they just, choo, choo, just go right down it. Right. See,
2: I, it bothers me when someone sends me their Amazon list. Oh, we
0: really? had a
1: conversation about
0: this Oh, the you other, did? Yeah.
2: Okay. Go but ahead.
0: But their grandparents
1: people, ask and beg for it. They're like, people, have you got the list done yet? There's people like, that don't that don't want to buy off a list that somebody gives them. Yes, like they and so they they they, <laughs> they they know what they're gonna get for that person and they want it to be their. Mm-hmm. Idea. I fall into that category. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> well, and
0: you know, it's for fine. us. We have grandparents that live in Long Beach and we see once
1: every few years. Like, right? They need something. For, like the, for the past 11 years, Annika has put, in, has put on her list another dog. <laughs> it was on her list again this year. Another dog. She Category two. Something we need.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's yeah, what when does it look like when they're happening. older?
1: Cash. Oh. Yeah, that's what Brayden's list was. Just cash. cash. Brayden texts from college, do I still get to make a Christmas list? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I said sure, buddy. Send it away. Send it over. The f- the only thing on the list, money, or gift cards, <laughs> and then like something like pants. <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's naked and hungry
0: at college. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Uh, so we had a a special service yesterday. We had the kids. Yeah. In service had the kids lead a us in a couple of them. songs.
3: Sherry and I were visiting my mother in Tennessee. Just catching up with her it was fun we put the service on while we were eating uh breakfast in the morning you and, did and then we were yeah. we rushed we didn't get to finish service did you watch later. the first
0: one or the second one first service okay it was
3: live the second one
0: was visually more entertaining yeah
3: <laughs> cooper themselves. so i went back <laughs> and i happened to watch second service to see the cooper armstrong show and it was really stunning we had fun that was, that was awesome good.
0: Well, let's, let's get into some questions. And actually, the first question is about kids in worship. So let's, let's go there. Uh, first question. Why do we involve kids in Sunday worship and not a special concert? Feels like people were worshiping their kids and not God for a few songs. So hey, just for
3: clarity really quick, is the question asker asking... Is the question asker suggesting that a special kids concert, maybe on Sunday night, would be a better appropriate way? Appropriate
0: place, a yeah. better spot. That's how I. Right. Okay. It. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. That's how I took it. Yeah. Okay. What's the? I answer, I saw a John? lot of people, you know, moving to the front to take pictures of their kids. I thought they were coming to praise Jesus <laughs> at
3: the front. That there was a move of the Holy Spirit and they were coming in repentance. <laughs>
1: What's my answer? Yeah. yeah. just relax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, no, I'm kidding. I, <clears throat> I don't think we're ever going to do a Saturday concert. No. It's just so much to... It's did lovely. we ever do that? Yeah. I've been here 12 years, and I don't think we've ever done it. Yeah, I so. can't
3: remember that. I can we, remember. We've always be- done special Sunday morning Christmas yeah.
1: presentations. I think there's a lot of value in having the kids up front. Yeah. Uh, I think we sang a ton of songs and there were songs, particularly at the end of service that were, you know, very worshipful. And I think taking a moment like that to have parents see their kids and celebrate and enjoy their children up front is awesome. I think kids learning to sing and be up front is all, there's all good, all good things. I'd look at it as a special, uh, like a special music like a, having a soloist or a special instrument thing where... You, I look at it as an you, outreach. You enjoy it. <laughs> well, <laughs> to all the families.
3: Yeah, let's be honest. Uh, there were people that were in attendance yesterday, I'm assuming, that would have otherwise not have attended. And it's a great opportunity to reach families and extended family members. But yeah. that's not the primary reason. It is that. Uh-huh. You know? right. I think Was attendance strong yesterday?
1: Yeah, very strong. Yeah, both services. We had overflow a second. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I agree. I th- there's something very special about having children sing, and oh, our, yeah. our so to your point, Kelly, like this outreach idea, uh, there could have been someone who was visiting and thought that like that touched them in a way. And our conversation on the way home was, Livy, you led worship. Yeah, yeah. how yeah. was that? She's five.
3: That's spot on. Yeah, yeah. That's
2: awesome. so I don't know. I I mean, I appreciate the heart behind this, but at the same time, yeah, I'm not sure. So I, I that.
3: let me put a theological spin on it. So number one, scripture's really clear: kids are a blessing, so we we shouldn't relegate them. We should involve them, include them. Psalm one twenty seven three is the, they're a blessing from the Lord. Jesus said, "Let the little kids come to me." So there's a there's a a priority or a a place for kids in worship, and then to your point, live led worship, and it's a part of training them. I think we make the mistake, and it was either. John, it was either you or Wilkerson said, don't make the mistake of thinking our children are the church of the future. They're the church of today. Oh, yeah. And so we want to train our kids. And our kids, uh, some of it has to do with space. Our kids are not in worship that often. Mm -hmm. They're with us during communion and then these specials, um, but... We need to train them to be with us in worship, so... I agree. So wait, are you guys saying you don't
0: believe that children are our future? <laughs> <laughs> that we should teach them well and let them lead the way? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think you're spot on, Kelly. And uh, I, I was thinking about this this morning when I saw this question. and um, A few thoughts. Uh, I'm imagining the person who had this issue was in second service, because in second service people uh, actually t- on their own initiative just sat down. Oh. In first service, that did not happen. In first service, people stood, the kids led, and people sang. Mm-hmm. In second service, for whatever reason, people... Because no, she s- said to sit. Yeah, she said oh, to sit Oh, she did. She okay, did. yeah, so she wasn't yeah. supposed to. It's not, not, a, not a huge if deal.
2: I did notice the difference. And I, I actually if liked it, would, it better. Oh, you did? Yeah. So
0: in the past, are you, last are you gonna... year and the year before, I made a specific point and, to. and talked to the congregation before the kids sang, they all came up and I said, hey, it's, get, yes, get your phones out, take some pictures, take some videos, but don't miss this opportunity to be led by the kids. They are leading us in worship. This yeah. isn't just purely spectator. This is they're leading us. Let's sing with them. That will encourage them to sing even more yeah. and, uh, and, and to sing out. So, in, um, so yeah, I, I think you're going to be hard pressed to make uh, an argument um, about the platform here being spectator at all. Like yeah. that's one of the loudest drums we beat week in and week out mm-hmm. is that this is participatory. Kelly calls it preaching. We sing. Mm-hmm. Like we yeah. almost talk about that every Sunday.
2: Yeah. And it was only two songs.
0: Yeah. But yes, yeah. It, right, true. <laughs> and one song with everybody, right. Yeah, you know, yeah. but so. I, but no, I mean, I, f- Completely agree. Like the platform on a Sunday morning is not the place for any kind of spectacle, spectator. Huh. If that's all it is, right? right? Like, there's there's room for special songs. There's room for. We're you know, not doing a show. Yes, but yeah. we're not we're not putting on a concert. That's yeah. not the intent. And we have been deliberate in the past about outlining
3: what the morning yeah. should look like. Ken Dryfelt got up at the end of the service, actually commended the congregation for preaching well together. Yeah. In your absence, I know. I appreciate that.
0: Uh, okay, let's go. Let's go to the next one. How do we keep ourselves? <coughs> excuse me. How do we keep ourselves from growing bitter while we wait on God, or when He doesn't answer our prayers, or when He doesn't meet our expectations?
1: It's a great question. I think that's the that's the elephant in the room when you talk about waiting on God and. The longings of our hearts and all the heavy things that we carry, we try to keep giving to God and and waiting on Him or being patient. And um, I mean, that's a big part of the life of faith, right? That we should be praying for not only the longings of our heart, but big things Mm -hmm. that only God can do. And and so there is a lot of waiting and wondering and is God going to answer or having uh, expectations of something that will happen at a certain time or in a certain way. And so I'm not surprised to get the question. I think a lot of, I think it's really common in the life of faith. But I thought, um, you know, one thing I mentioned it on Sunday and then Ken kind of reinforced it as well, even in his uh, benediction was this idea of being involved in God's work while we wait. So Zechariah and Elizabeth, they continued to serve in the Synagogue, they continued to go about the things that God had called it. It says in the scripture, they were righteous following all of his commands. And I think that's the same posture we should have is that we don't just stop and wait. We we continue to do the things that we know he's called us to do, the good works that he's set before us to, to, to do. And I think we can still find joy and purpose and meaning even while we hold on to things that we hope. Um, God will solve or answer or fix or whatever. Like we don't just, we can't be swallowed up by just those concerns. We need to continue on. And I think it's important to stay connected with other believers. Sometimes when we start to grow bitter or frustrated or sad or confused, uh, particularly at God, I think one of our natural, the natural thing that we do is we start to pull away from community rather than press into community. And I think it's important to stay connected with others who can pray with you and support you, hear your needs, encourage you. Um, I also think you know I didn't get into a lot of this on Sunday, but I also think there's a importance in aligning our prayers and aligning our expectations on what is biblical and what is in God's character to to hear. Uh, or to pray, um, and to expect from him. Like, I don't think there was anything that Zachariah and Elizabeth is, we're just, we're going to focus on this text particularly, were praying for that was outside of what God would want them to be praying for, you know? Um, I'm praying for a mansion in, you know, Miami on the beach, you know, or whatever it is. Like, we can get prayers, and I'm giving a crazy example, but we can if you back down from that, even just a little... bit.
0: Have you been reading my prayer journal? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think we can get off track sometimes where we expect things from God that are either inappropriate or outside of how he typically moves and and acts, you know. Um, we think that it's something that we need and it's maybe not something we need. So... Yeah. I was glad
0: you, you brought up, like, continuing to work as you wait mm-hmm. i thought that was a strong point and just like it was a good reminder to me like yeah man like keep keep at it like if, if god still has you in your situation and you're praying for a situation to change like well then there must be work there there's still right. meat left on that bone like
1: yeah right
3: That's keep good. going yeah disillusionment discouragement what i would call disillusionment um, is an indication for me that I probably had bought into something illusory, not true. Hmm. So I learned from someone that illusion always leads to disillusionment. Hmm. If, If you're serving something that's not factually true about God, then you will end up, so we can, we can trace it backwards. We can say, I'm disillusioned about this. What illusion was I entertaining? What falsehood was I serving? In in my life, it's often just a failure to accept trouble. Mm. Jesus is really clear. John sixteen thirty three. In this world, you will have trouble. Zachariah and Elizabeth. I mean, they had a hard stint. It's not fun to to long for a child and and that be put off. They had uh, they had to yeah. They had a long they had some suffering. Yeah.
1: So the illusion it, you're saying would be. That I shouldn't have trouble. You're right. I I, I love God. I follow him. I, I live right. Why am I suffering? Why do I have uh, suffering? But we and know. And that leads to the disillusionment yeah. of. Yeah.
2: I think a warning yeah. sign, too, of maybe arriving to what you're describing is when you ask the question, like, is God going to relent? Like, when am I going a break? I yeah. need I need a break. And the or, Psalms are full of
3: that question. Right. When, so I mean, God.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that could be a, an indication, possibly, of I don't know that you're not trusting God, but maybe praying for something that is um, outside of God's will. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I know what you're saying. I It, it makes me nervous when I hear that question sometimes because I feel like you have... You're not standing, you could not, you might not be standing firmly on there is a purpose in everything God does. Mm-hmm. You might not know it at this moment. And I think what's so fascinating about Zacharias' story, um, which John, you told so well, I think I told you later, Eli was just blown mm-hmm. away at your lack of notes, nah. and just how well you knew the story, which is an important thing. So when something in your life is going to come your way, you're going to remember the story of Zacharias because mm-hmm. you are so familiar with the story. Can you imagine being him and being chosen to go the one, you said opportunity yeah. of a lifetime to go into the Holy of Holies. And you've, he had every reason to be bitter and angry at yeah. God for not having children. What, like that's a, in this culture. For a
3: human yeah. response. Right. Yeah. And yet,
2: assumingly, he went in with a humble heart yeah. and God met him in that, in that moment through the angel Gabriel. This, the whole I mean, it's just, if you put that perspective on our lives today, which is what I would say the answer for me to this question is it's really about your perspective and finding the wins in your life, right. find the things that you can be grateful for, as opposed to growing bitter about the things that you're quote unquote not getting.
3: Mm-hmm. Romans twelve twelve says, be faithful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, joyful be joyful in hope, hope. Yeah. patient in affliction, yeah. faithful in prayer.
0: But isn't that funny, though? Like, I, you know, I look at the Psalms, one of the ways I look at it is as a guidebook almost to, of how I should pray and how it's, mm-hmm. you know. And so, it, like what you were, guys were just talking about, the psalmist so often says, how long, you know. And so, there must be this way to express the truthfulness of how you feel to God. Mm-hmm. Like, "Oh, how long? But at the same time, your will, not mine.
3: Well, right. I think no. I think That's you well you spotted it earlier. You you nailed it when you said there must be meat on the bone still. There's still work to be done. So I think it's okay to ask how long, but it can't be the only thing we ask. We must yes. how long and and while I wait, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I've often said, okay, Lord, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I have some, if I'm going to wait in suffering? What am I to learn? What 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 do you have for me in the misery? Mm-hmm. there's some real practical things that we need to ask inside
1: of that. Is this misery (laughs) coming because of something I'm doing?
3: Have done. Are
1: are there natural consequences? God, are are you allowing this? Are you bringing this to me? Are you putting this upon me in in however you (laughs) you do those things? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'm to learn and grow? Because you want me to press in more closely? Or is it because you're trying to refine me? Do I have sin in my life that's brought this upon me? Do I... So I mean I think it's it's um, there's different reasons and levels to to all of it. I mean we know that it's all in God's plan and mm-hmm. is a purpose in all of it. But what portion of it is mm-hmm. uh, could be a, a, a choice I keep making or a, sure. a situation I think is right but it's really wrong and you know.
3: So let me let me point out it it would not have been outside the norm for zachariah to divorce elizabeth wow because she had because a, she, she couldn't, couldn't. Have, because it he would, would have been disappointed
2: how do we know it was elizabeth who well, was the yeah, problem we
3: no, don't we don't <laughs> we have, have no idea <laughs> but <laughs> in the first century it was assumed she yeah, would have been the problem right, yeah
2: right right
3: wow and imagine because
1: of, her barrenness right? right and because that would have happened the argument that, could have, that would have been made was that she was barren because of sin.
3: Could have been, yeah. There was
1: wow. disgrace. Yeah. Right. It wouldn't be a,
3: God is a biological issue
1: in the first century. And they
3: wouldn't have concluded God's doing something special or other. Right. But it's beautiful that Zachariah didn't do that. Yeah. He suffered. They suffered together. They waited together. Um, and what a win. In the end, yeah, a huge blessing for them both. Mm -hmm.
1: I think that verse. I didn't. I didn't sit on it very long, but that the verse at the. I read some verses at the end of service. The one from James is particularly powerful. Um, James five ten through ten and twelve or ten through Mm twelve or ten and eleven. Sorry, brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets. (laughs) Which is in the story that we read these prophets of old, right, who spoke the name of the Lord. they' just waiting and suffering for what they had said. Uh, as you know, we count as as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Mm. It's just James connecting the modern well at that time, you know, the first century, second century church, um, to the to Job, the oldest character that we you know know in the old testament, and to the prophets of old. I mean, we are a people that have that wait, that suffer, <laughs> that endure yeah, we're not the pers- first to that's
3: what we do. Yeah. <laughs> we're waiting on the consummation the of the kingdom. The people
1: of God are people who wait and persevere, and endure, and suffer, mm, but word. remain faithful throughout it. Like, that's our lot.
3: Yeah, that's yeah. a good word.
2: And so radical to think it about is. today. When we literally can have anything we want at the and touch of And we can
3: remove and, and, we're encouraged, and yeah. Yeah. yeah, We're encouraged not to suffer. Yes. <laughs> Something's got to be wrong if you're embracing suffering. Mm-hmm. Wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And when you are suffering, or when you're just in a
0: situation that you, if you're listening to this, you're in a situation that you are asking god to change and he hasn't changed it he hasn't brought you out of it one of one of the worst things you can do is pull away yeah yeah right like is just to say all right god if, if you're taking a break i'm gonna take a break yeah. um because yep. then then it can get exponentially worse for you right right like just in your yeah, press your, in is the word exactly to fellowship you, you in will particular. find a sweetness yeah promise you'll find a sweetness well there's a you,
3: joy in bearing each other's burdens yeah. if 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 everybody who's suffering in the moment doesn't join in the fellowship, then um, we miss out on caring for each other and the sweetness of bearing one another's burdens. I said to somebody last week, I said, we, uh, we rejoice with those who are rejoicing and we cry with those who are crying. Yeah. We do both mm-hmm. as the people of God.
0: All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, what's the significance of someone needing to uh, go before and prepare the way of the Lord. Why did there need to be a voice that cried out from the
1: wilderness? This is a great question. Right? Yeah, It's really good. I, um, I've i wrestled like with that before. Like, what's the point of John the Baptist? <laughs> Why is he the start of the Christmas story? Yeah. This crazy person. But the only connection, and maybe you guys have others, the only connection that I could make is, is and I, I think this is probably true at that time is that um, historically, you know, the arrival of a king would be announced before the king's arrival, mm-hmm. that there would be a preparation for, for the king. Yep. So that the community that the king was going to would be humble and honoring and ready. You know, if the king just showed up in a surprise, you know, the town's a mess, and the people are doing this. And, well, that's you know. called war.
3: When <laughs> yeah. kings show up unannounced, oh, that's they're, good... they're not coming for yeah. good intent.
1: There's a there's a caring <laughs> and reigning king, and then there's a warring king. Yeah, that's a, and which is the second advent. The second advent is going to come without an, an without no, announcement. The, the, in trumpets gonna, the trumpets are going to the trumpets are going to blow, and he's there. Right. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great, that's a great, great point. point. Kelly. Yeah. I like about that, that dog gone it way to go. That's some good work right there. That's the only thing I can think of is, you well, know, and,
3: and in the, in the Roman world, if, if the emperor were going to visit a city, you're right, it would be announced. They would actually build roads. Yeah. Were, were you going this? No, way? I wasn't, but they I've would, heard, they yeah. would construct roads because he wouldn't enter the city alone. Mm-hmm. and they would have to bring an army. Right. And so for a city to to prepare the way, it's a visual of a king is coming, he's not coming alone, and we've got to get ready. And of course, this is a spiritual getting ready.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, you know, the other thing is, so I think that's all the practical, the practical side of it. It makes sense that people would understand it. Um, I also think there's this, there's a uniqueness to to how God reveals things, right? John was certainly unique. John wouldn't have been the character that would traditionally announce the arrival of a king. A different type of king, right? It's it's a different type of king. It's a different kind of announcement. Different kingdom. It's a spiritual uh, preparedness that they're looking for. And I think all of those things, you know, John's birth... Ministry, everything about him, death, <laughs> death matches what Isaiah ha- said was going to happen. And so there's this, it's another, man, I don't, I don't think God is manipulating and trying to piece together some kind of mysterious puzzle so that we understand it all. But to me, it's another piece of evidence that God was good. He prophesied that these things were going to happen and it happened exactly the way that he had said it was going to happen. He has a long history of doing that. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. It's a, it's another strong piece of the, of the story that says, wow, God was doing all this and he, he had planned it years and millennia years ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's a faith strengthener.
3: Yeah, right. I, I also think there's a really practical uh, reality that we rarely get it the first time we hear it. And so in God's graciousness, the Jewish people in particular had this forerunner. They had, they had all the Old Testament prophets, so they had God's word through the writings and the prophets. But he prepares this really unique voice uh, to get... The, the Jewish community ready and because we're dense, we're not soft often, we're hard ground. It doesn't receive the word sown easily. And so John was preparing the hearts and minds of people to to hear the savior. Mm
2: -hmm. Do you think he was known? I mean, it says he lived Mm -hmm. in the wilderness. So he-
3: He had disciples, some of which then went and followed Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, he was known so much so that Herod had him beheaded because- He he had gotten he uh, mixed up in the political goings ons. Mm-hmm. In in it, it's a little bit like Wait, saying he, yeah.
1: his beheading was so. It's all the life of John and what happened and all those. You talk about suffering, suffering and sadness and. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, let's go to
1: ready to go to the next one. Yeah, cool.
0: John talked about how we are a people waiting on the second coming of Jesus, the second advent. I hardly ever hear people talk about this, and I rarely pray for it. Why is that? I don't feel that I'm waiting or longing for it. Am I off base?
1: Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so direct this morning, John.
1: Relax. No. <laughs> uh, I don't think you're off base at all. I think that's, that's very normal. I think, um, I think most people on a regular basis are not praying for and waiting for and longing for the, the second Advent. For Christ to come back and create, you know, the new heavens and the new earth and turn everything that was upside down, right side up. I, I don't think, I don't think that is a normal uh, thought or, or prayer. And Should it be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I
3: mean, I think, you know. It, I would go so far to say, I think it's part of the weakness of the American church. Okay. Is that we're not yeah. longing for the soon arrival of Jesus.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, so I spent, tried to spend some time on like, why, I mean, this person is, why is that? Why don't we hear about it more often? Why aren't we praying for it more regularly? And I think there's two things that come to mind. One is I think it's because it's part of it is because it's so mysterious Mm -hmm. and there's so much drama and false uh, teaching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's this crazy, weird, you know, there's going to be, you know, all these you know, oh, this this person gets voted into office. That's the antichrist. Did the end times is coming? It's like, what on earth are we talking about? And, Trump
3: moved the um, yeah uh, the the uh,
1: capital uh, back to Jerusalem. Yes, and yeah, the, that was putting events into order. And
3: we get caught up in signs, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah,
1: there's there's and and so I think some people are just kind of turned off by all of that. Like, what? It's so mysterious. It feels like there's this these false teachings and weird things all around it and I don't know which way's up and which way's down and so they just tend to say I don't want to engage in all of that Um, I think the second part of it is I think and this is I would agree with you Kelly some of the weakness of the American church is is we really like our lives and we don't want to think about the end times you know we've got in the judgment yeah I
3: think feel as though we're not aware of our sin. Mm -hmm. So we don't long Mm -hmm. for the consummation of the kingdom, which is a deliverance from the evil of this world. Right, amen. Right.
0: Yeah, like we think more about the longevity of our years Mm -hmm. and our kids' years and maybe in seeing our grandkids and, like, growing into old age.
1: You're 100%
0: right. Think more about that than, like... Will I
3: be comfortable? Will I be happy? Will my kids be functional? And those are fine things to ask. Yeah, right. right. But they're not the first...
1: Yeah, it's if you can imagine praying with your kids, you know, we're praying that Jesus will come back, turn this world. Well, then I won't get to grow up, Daddy. And you're like... You know know. know, what I mean? Like, (laughs) there's a natural human response that, like... Well what does it mean what will it be there'll be judgment there's going to be death there's going to be yeah. there's going to be a lot of good but but eternity begins Yeah. and so for
3: those who are in Christ the best parts of the of our earthly experience will be pale in comparison yeah. right uh, to what we'll experience there It's pretty
0: common for a lot of us to to think and pray about it when we're going through extreme suffering hmm. <laughs> Totally That's about the only time Right. I mean there's been you know suffering in our lives where it's just like Come, Lord Jesus. Please come now. Like, yeah, right. Please come now, like, you know, which is a is a good sign in a sense that, like, you man, when, rescue. When yeah. it comes down to it, you are leaning on Christ. But a lot of times that's the only time yeah. where it comes up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, to your question, Matt, should we? I, I do think that we probably should yeah. think Absolutely. about it more, Pray pray about it more, long for it more. And at the same time, I would caution that we can't let it, up. we can't obsess on it. Right. It can't become the only thing that we pray for, the only thing that we're longing for, the only thing that we're looking towards. Yeah. Um, Because it is, you know, he's going to come like a thief in the night. There's mystery around it. He's coming back as a lion. He went out as a lamb. He's coming back as a lion. It will be surprised. So we can get caught up in all that. Yeah and obsess on that and only pray for that. I I think there's a danger in that. I do think we should long for it. I do think we should talk about it and hope for it. But we have real work, real people, real
0: ministry. While we wait. While we wait. Yeah, yeah, and to come back kind of full circle to what we were talking about earlier, like, well, he hasn't come back yet, and this is where he has us. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, let's long for it, but, like, let's do the work that he's got us here to do and focus on that as well. Right. All right. All right. I wonder, I'm just curious, I just, I wonder uh, how your faith would change and perhaps deepen if you did more regularly pray for, Jesus, for, the, mm-hmm. for the second Advent. Mm-hmm. Like if, if that was, you know, you weren't obsessed with it, you weren't seeing it in yeah. all of the world's events, but you had a healthy, maybe daily prayer life of, mm-hmm. I just wonder like how, what, how would that change your faith? And I wonder if anyone could speak into that or if there's any books about that or
3: be interesting. I think I would be less anxious Mm -hmm. if I were more focused on the return and reign of Christ.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's, let's go to the last one. I loved the encouraging verses that were read at the end of the sermon, but how is it possible that God knows me personally? Like a father knows a child. How is it possible that he knows what is in my heart and soul? I can't wrap my mind around that idea. It seems impossible.
1: <laughs> it is impossible, right? That's the, that's the beauty of the, whole, of the whole thing, right? It, I think it's overwhelming, too, to a degree that God controls the cosmos and everything that's going on, and he has created everything, and he is sustaining, and all things are, you know— Every breath we, t- we take is a gift from him, Scripture tells us in Job. So it's, it is overwhelming, and it is Im- amazing, and it is impossible, but Scripture also tells us that nothing is impossible with God, right? That's in the story in Luke 1 that we you covered in the first week. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke 1, verse 37, nothing is impossible with God. So I've taken the—in my life, I've taken the energy— <laughs> that it takes to try to figure that all out. Like what is omniscience? What is om- omnipresence? What is like, how, do, how can that be possible? How can that all work? And God must be, there's no way God can know exactly what's going on in my heart or try, try to nuance that all out and, and get stuck in all of that. Um, and I've tried to take the stance that I, I can't figure it all out. And so I'm just going to rest in how amazing and powerful our God must be, that it's just beyond my comprehension, um, and and that has to give me a whole lot of peace, rather than it giving me fear or um, anxiety or frustration or confusion. I just have to have peace in the mystery of it all. Um, that's that He is so amazing, so supernatural. That he's got this amazing ability to control the entire universe, everything, and yet he hears my prayers. He knows the number of hairs on my head, as Scripture tells us. He knows the, my, the brokenness in my heart, the anguish of my soul, is what Psalm says. And I, I don't know about you guys, but mm-hmm. that's where I've,
3: mm-hmm. I've rested. I, I liked what you said, that you've wrestled. With the mind-blowing realities of his infinite nature. Yeah. And come to a place of acceptance. And it's brought you rest. There are some who wrestle with it and they... Can't get it. They can't. Mm -hmm. And they say, well, um, this was my father for the longest time. Because I can't understand it all, I won't affirm anything as Uh true. Interesting. Yeah. And... I I think it's entirely appropriate to wrestle with the infinite nature of God, omnipresent, omnis- uh, omniscient, all-knowing, and then recognize your finitude—that you are finite. Hmm. The and and he, <clears throat> here's what comforts me: it is true that I can't understand everything about God, but I can understand some things, and my. So many people get hung up on the fact that they can't understand everything. They can't put all the pieces together, mm-hmm. that there is some mystery in, in that that bothers them so they won't affirm anything is true. Mm-hmm. But we can affirm some things and throughout scripture he's presented as a father who knows us intimately. Look, look at how Jesus taught us to pray, our father. Mm-hmm. Look at the story of the prodigal son. This dad who laments his son's departure, waits upon his return. This is how scripture is telling us. So it's 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 true we can't know everything about God. It's not true that we can't know something for sure about God. And his fatherly character is a part of what we can know.
2: Mm-hmm. I sat with this question a little bit this morning and I pictured one of my kids asking me this because there's nothing I want more for my kids starting like now, starting yesterday, (laughs) for them to know who they are in Christ. And Mm -hmm. so when I read a question like this, um, how is it possible that he knows what is in my heart and my soul? Like, I I feel like the question asker is longing Mm -hmm. almost for evidence or proof. Does God really know me? How is that even possible? And um, so I was having this make-believe conversation in my head with one of my kids. (laughs) It's totally normal. Um, And I would encourage this person to sit – before God with a posture of show me, show me how you know me and how you love me. Um, And I was through this pretend conversation. um, I was reminded that God is scripture describes him as love. I mean, he is love. He, that is who he is. It is the makeup of who he is. And when you, Mm -hmm. when we know a a tad bit of what love toward another person looks like, we pursue them and we want to know them more. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it, that God will do that with us. Like if we, if we put ourselves in a place to sit before him and, and ask him, how do you know me? Mm. Um, I, he wants to show that to us. He wants to show us his extreme love for us and, and, and what he's done for us. I, I don't think that's something he wants to hide from us. So I would just encourage this person to put themselves in a a place and a posture to sit under that love and that grace Mm. that he has specifically For them, and Mm -hmm. I think he'll show up. You know, be
3: be still mm -hmm. and know that I'm God. That's right.
2: Yeah, and we've talked about it before, but there are a lot of spiritual disciplines that are contrary to how we live our lives. Most of them are slow and quiet, Mm. and we live fast and And loud, very loud, especially (laughs) in my house, and busy (laughs) and busy, busy, busy. So a, a spiritual practices tend to be a little bit counterintuitive to how we go about our daily lives. But those are the practices that lead us to the presence of God. And he, I I just, I think it, I don't mean to be too bold, but I think he will meet you there. I think Mm -hmm. he wants you to see how much he loves you.
1: I'm thinking of, um, I'll just read a a Psalm. Psalm 131 is a kind of all about this issue for It's David. It's just a three verse Psalm. He says, my heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes, are, my eyes are not haughty. And he says, I do not concern myself with great matters or things that are too wonderful for me.
3: <laughs>
1: Imagine David. I mean, we're talking about busy, vexed, stress, important. I mean, that's David, right? I do not concern myself with these great matters or for things that are too wonderful for me. And then he says, but I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child, I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. Yeah. You were talking about the fatherly aspects of God. David here draws out the motherly aspects of, of God, right? That David is, I am not going to be concerned with the great matters, things that are just too wonderful for me to understand. I'm going to rest like a child in the arms of its mother. We've got God being the mother and David being the child. I mean, it's,
3: that phrase, too wonderful for me, is the exact phrase Job uses when yes. God rebukes him. Mm-hmm. And Job is really frustrated. What have I done wrong to deserve all this suffering? And on and on and on the book goes, it meanders. And finally, God says, well, where where were you when I hung the yeah. heavens? Hey boy. It, it, <laughs> hey, boy. and Hey, boy. And he, it's, a, it's a beautiful, and Job admits, well, you're right my my sufferings in this world I can't get my arms around they're too right. wonderful for me
1: yeah so alright thank you David
0: well that's uh, that's all the questions we have for you today if you have any further questions comments or concerns don't hesitate to text the next level podcast 630-474-6164
1: our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon and also general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith
2: We love God and believe that scripture is a primary means for our getting to know Him. And our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together.
3: Thanks for joining us, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to The Next Level.
2: Boom! Prophecy.